0: Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I Zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Betsy Sheehan, and um, she has a book, We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about her uh, sort of experiences and thoughts about uh, being an author. And hopefully you'll get some gems. Well, I expect you to get some gems, let me say that, uh, that you as a teacher who are thinking about it's time to write that book will be able to take away uh, from this conversation. So for those who will be listening to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. Will you please introduce yourself, Betsy?
1: Yeah. Hi, Dr. Will. I'm Betsy Sheehan, or on my um, book, it's Betsy O'Neill Sheehan. Um, And I am a school counselor out of East Meadow, Massachusetts, which is kind of near Springfield, Massachusetts. And um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is just delivering new ways to approach social emotional learning um, and which led me to creating the book um, through edumatch um, which is called aggie and the thought compass Um, so there's some new sel strategies that are incorporated into the book and some old sel strategies that are like all the old lean-ons um that we want to still incorporate into our our learning Um, so it's kind of it's been an exciting process. Um, Sarah Thomas and the folks over at Edumatch have been like awesome at being people who can facilitate connections um, between people who have an idea and trying to make that thing work. Um, so I approached them with the idea, and they helped me make it work. Um, so it's it's been an exciting process, and um, I hope I can kind of deliver a little bit more of that information to you.
0: All right. So I'm always curious as to how people uh, got to where they are. So what did you think you'll be doing when you were growing up? And how did you find yourself in K-12 through education?
1: Yeah. So my mom was an educator. And my brother, my sister, and myself have all been drawn to um, careers that, kind of service families and kids. And um, I always would go with my mom. She was a paraprofessional as I was growing up. We'd go in with her and help out in the classrooms. Um, And I really found a passion for working with kids. And then I noticed that um, I had some skills for Working with people and talking with people, hearing their stories and trying to amplify their voices. So I felt I was a better match for being a school counselor rather than a classroom teacher. But now I find myself stepping more into the classroom the more that I do um, social emotional learning um, classes. And I love it. I love both worlds. So
0: this is where, you know, when I bring on authors on the podcast, what interests me is them sort of discovering that they had it in them you know like some people think you know they can sing you know they sing in the shower they sing in the car but no one is going to pay them to sing anything uh so how did you sort of figure out that you we're a writer and how, and what was your process for you figuring out what you were going to write about?
1: Yeah, that definitely is a process, right? Like we even, I, I am the person who thinks that they can sing as well. So <laughs> I identify with that, but um, I think definitely like acknowledging that it's a process. So we all have, what is it that we have to hone in and I'm still working on this process because I would like to write more books um, and I'd like to write things more um, in a way that is marketable and traditional. Um, So trying to hone in on that craft and to be ever learning about it. So I've joined organizations like um, the New England Uh, Society for Children's Book writers and illustrators, and going to conference and learning more and more about writing, like making a picture book isn't as easy as you would think it is. There's a whole lot of things that go into um, considering like the pages, how many pages there are, um, how many words there are, how many, do you know that people will buy picture books and expect them not to be too lengthy now because they want to be able to, my ideas and what i want to have happen and to say into what the industry expectations are um what makes a good children's book in 2020 2021 you know um are different than what the books were that we were reading as kids um the things that are marketable or the things that can sell so it's really interesting to kind of learn more about a trade that i'm not really a native to um because education is really my um my background, um, but to learn more and more because I don't want to step it, try to step into something I don't really know that well about. Um, Be kind of like, I have huge imposter syndrome as it is. (laughs) So if I was to pretend to be a writer, I don't want to pretend that I want to actually be a writer.
0: Mm -hmm. So I want to throw this out there to you because the, and I don't want to say writing the book is the easy part, but writing the book is the beginning. You know, once it's written and, you know, it, it goes through editing and it actually gets published and physically on the shelves and available for uh, purchase, you don't just sit back, right? It, it, it's not like mac and cheese where it just sits on the shelf and people who like mac and cheese just go through... Walmart or Costco and get mac and cheese, you have to do the marketing and speaking about the book and getting on social media and and, and blogging and getting on other people's podcasts and such. What has that been like for you to market your book and to learn different ways to get your book in front of people so that people will actually hear about it, learn about it and purchase it.
1: Yeah, so there's like a lot of market research that you want to do when you're becoming an author Um, and to be able to kind of connect with some of those groups or organizations. Like I was talking about the, like the, the New England uh, Society for Children's Books Writers and Educators, Um, things like that, where there's already a network of people who know things. And then you learn a little bit more about the trade and how to market. Those have been really helpful. But then there's also really great blogs um, that other children's book authors, like it's not like a a a secret place where people don't want you to be successful. They definitely want you to be successful and they share information with each other all the time, which I really appreciate. Um, There's an author, Josh Funk, who puts out um, some really great um, blogs about how to set up your children's book writing and um, how to make those things, like I was saying before, like the word count matter. And if you're going to sell your book, you want to kind of include certain things, but Uh, And like make your words very powerful your word choice um, that you use so that your writing gets noticed. Um, Those kinds of things that maybe you know some everybody kind of I don't know I think everybody does but maybe I'm not maybe I'm wrong but a lot of people would think oh it's a children's book I could pick it up and I can make it right? But there's a lot of work that goes into that. And then um, knowing kind of like how to even like set up for a page turn that's interesting, right? Like you're setting up a story and you want it to have some exciting features in it, or you want your reader to be really engaged in it. Even though it's only 32 pages long, you want a kid to put it down and remember what was in it. Um, So you have to add like those exciting elements into it and be kind of crafted at that. Um, So I, I did work on this with um, Manuel Herrera, um, who is amazing. He's an um, illustrator that Edgy has um, connected with, and he, he was right on board with me. The collaboration process was amazing. Um, but to talk about how we wanted to set up those pages, what we wanted those page turns to look like, what kind of artwork we were going to incorporate, and symbolism into the book, there's a lot of things that get considered.
0: Mm-hmm. And as you, you know, you put your book up uh, for, uh, (laughs) the video piece, uh, you are the author of what, uh, and the thought compass. Uh, what was the pain point behind you writing the book? What was your mission for getting that book out?
1: Right. So I am an elementary school counselor. So I work with kids, um, kindergarten, first and second grade, and I typically see them at their hardest moments, um, their hardest school moments and um, often work with their families around them. Um, And I have a lot of professional grit, I would say, like I'm in it. I'm in it for those hard moments. Um, But I don't want them to be so hard for children for so long. I want to figure it out. I'm also a problem solver. (laughs) Like we got to fix this. We got to figure out what's going to work for this child. And so there's some strategies that I really lean on and find are really helpful for kiddos. And there's some strategies that um, in the cognitive psychology world that we don't necessarily always introduce to children so young. But what I've been finding is, um, there are ways to introduce them to kids that are kid friendly. And then once they start to adapt these skills, um, they are very useful to them. I see great changes in how they behave and how they make choices and how they feel overall. It's just that part makes it so worth it. So when I started to notice that these, um, this approach was working. I was like, how, how can I make this into a story? Because kids love that. Like they really connect over picture books and someone reading a picture book to them, right? Like every everyone has heard that you should read to your children, and everyone has sat down and read to their child at least. You know, somebody's done it with with the child before, so they've kind of learned like what that feels like and what that should feel like, and so that usually typically will calm somebody down. Um, And so reading with a child to introduce a concept that's why i wanted it to be a picture book and then the concept is really um to introduce this idea of like navigating your own thoughts that you are in control of them like i could say i really want you to to calm down right now but what does that really do like that doesn't calm somebody down but if i say here's your tool to be able to calm yourself down Like, can you use it? Let's try it, let's practice. And if we practice it over time, they're able to use and internalize these tools. So the compass itself um, has like four domains where it's, um, do you want me to hold up the picture? (laughs) Go go ahead. (laughs) Um, So the compass itself has these four domains and they are imagined and helpful. Okay, I'll show you. Imagined um, and then is it imagined or is it real? And is it helpful or is it not helpful? And then, so to consider these things, um, it sounds pretty basic, but that's what you want it to be for little kids. But it's really important questions to ask ourselves because if something is imagined and not helpful, it's probably that we're stuck in some kind of worry cycle that, or something like that um, could be an example of what would be in that domain. Um, And if they're stuck in a worry cycle, if it's imagined, for them to even consider that a thought that they're having isn't real, it's kind of a big deal. Um, like that, this thought that I'm having, that I'm scared to go to school, a lot of the time we'll have the little ones not want to separate and go into school and separate from their parents. But if they are able to notice like, well, actually school is safe and be able to counteract that thought themselves, that is so much more powerful than me trying to convince them that school is safe. So once we start to, and, and little kids can do this, it's not, it's not like a big concept that, needs to be held off until like third or fourth grade we can talk to our little ones about this that what you're feeling right now what is the thought and then they verbalize that thought and then you say well is that you know is it imagined or real and they could tell you and then is it helpful or is it not helpful where it gets a little dicey is if it's real and we feel like it's not helpful but maybe it is helpful for us to think about that thing or sit in that feeling for a little while like grief is one of those things that's real and it feels not helpful but it is, (laughs) you know, so there's, there's some things that aren't like cut and dry, but definitely um, it's, it's a framework for being able to discuss, like you have control over your thoughts. And if you have control over your thoughts, you have control over your feelings and your actions too. Because when little ones have feelings, like if you can think of your own big feelings that you might get sometimes, I know for me, it can get really big and really strong. And I can't imagine having such a little body and having such a big feeling what that might feel like for them. Hmm. So so how, it, sorry, go ahead.
0: So how has your book been received?
1: Um, it's been received pretty well. Um, Sarah Thomas gave me like the happy publisher call <laughs> one day and said, you know, it's really rocking with sales. Um, so I think that like we with my networking with the people that live um, in our area and trying to share with um, different families and educators, there's been a lot of really great support. So like having that circle that really supports you and to let them know, hey, I'm, I'm writing a book, I'm going to be launching it. Could you be a part of my support team? Those things are really important to ask people. And it, it might feel wrong. Like I know for myself as an educator and um, a counselor, I don't use usually like to ask people to contribute or to I like to do the helping (laughs) you know what I mean Um, so it might feel wrong but people want to see that you're successful you know like the people that you work with or the 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 families that work with you they all like if you have contributed to their lives and they've contributed to yours they want to be a part of your success as well so to invite them in it's up to them if they want to buy it or not but you can invite them in
0: so what was it like uh, going into a bookstore and going, that's me?
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a surreal thing. Um, bookstores, um, I haven't really been to any bookstores since it's been released because of COVID. Um, but yeah, there we've had some outdoor events where... Different folks have come and heard the read alouds. Um, we were able to do that outside over the summer and things like that. And so to really like try to put yourself out there in different ways um, where you can connect with an audience and really connect with them on a personal level. Not, not like I'm here and you're there but like connecting in a personal level where I see you and I thank you and I appreciate and I really hope this helps you. And if it does, could you let me know about it? Cause I, I love that part of it as well. It's to hear and see like, how things work out and how people feel um, things have helped them.
0: Hmm. So what is your writing process like? Do you have to write based upon motivation? Or do you create a schedule in which you just you know, you say every day from six to whatever I'm going to write. Well, you just make this a, a habit.
1: Yeah, it's it's a habit, but I wouldn't say it's like a scheduled habit. Like it's a thing I do regularly and I try to make it as accessible as possible. Like um if I am in the car and I don't have something, I like I prefer pen and paper. Um, or to be at my computer and be able to type something. But if I'm in the car and my husband's driving and something hits me, which is usually when something will happen, um, because everybody else is quiet <laughs> in the car, um, and I can, I can just type it into the notes on my phone and I'll come back to it later. Or um, there might be times where, I mean, don't some people's ideas just hit them in the shower? And of course, like, that's the one time you're not going to have all the things. But then I might grab my phone and do the audio note just to remind myself of the idea later. Um, Those kinds of things can be really helpful with like keeping with the practice of writing um, and keeping up on your skills with writing too.
0: And how do you get hooked up with, you know, EduMatch? Because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, ways to publish a book nowadays there you know of course you go the self publishing route there are people out there that if you you know cut them a check they'll actually you know put your book together and send you copies etc cetera, etc cetera. then of course there's a, there's that traditional route where you sort of find you you can find you an agent who can send your you know manuscript out to different publishers how did you find Andrew Match, and what was that experience like sort of starting from, let's say your proposal to actually going through the process of getting your book out there?
1: Yeah, that was a, it was a really cool and kind of serendipitous process with Edge and Match itself. <laughs> um, I would say like leading up to that, it's really hard to get break into, um, like if you wanted to be agented or um, to break into different publishing houses and things like that. Those are some things that I, I'm working on a middle grade novel right now. And those are things that I, I would I'm still working on pursuing, and would like to see happen and come to fruition someday. Um, but I definitely love the Edge of Match family. Um, so, to kind of, I kind of, like, stumbled upon Edge of Match, um, through a friend of mine who actually works in the same school as me. Her name is Val Sousa, and um, she and I had joined um, the writing conferences and things together and had started to, like, talk about our different ideas and bounce them off of each other, and we um, had just gone to a writing conference in in the May of that year. So the both of us were kind of querying to different agents, to different places. And she said, um, You know, I'm, I think I'm going to try this EduMatch group. Like, and she told me about how it's grassroots and how it supports educators. And I was like, Are you kidding? This sounds amazing. <laughs> so I kind of followed her lead. And within two weeks, she had, she first was able to um, kind of introduce her idea to Sarah and them. Um, and then I was able to introduce my idea. And within two weeks of each other, we, were, we got some good news. Um, so Val has this coding to kindness book that's out through Edge and Match and I have Aggie and the Thought Compass. Um, and so it's just kind of like a real surreal and of this thing. So what we had to do was, um, and of course separately, um, submit like a one minute video about what it was that we thought our proposal should be and why it was. Um, and I, I really harped on the fact that I really wanted to bring that cognitive behavioral therapy idea down to the school age level so that it could be accessible to kids and because I've seen it work. Um, and so they were on board with that. And um, I appreciate so much about how, especially when you're making a picture book, I've, I've done this on my own before, I have another picture book, it's called Grace O'Malley, Queen of the Sea, um, about my ancestor who was a pirate in Ireland <laughs> in the 1500s. She was kind of, you know, a spectacular woman. Um, so I know what it's like to go through the self-publishing route, to create your own illustrations, to um, go through all of that, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of like, really great work, um, and I'm glad that I learned so much through the process. Um, but I knew this time around I didn't want to be the person who was illustrating. I knew that this book wasn't something that I could really take and make into what it became. Uh, But Manuel Herrera was the person (laughs) who could take it and bring it to that level. Um, And so I'm just so appreciative of of Edumatch for matching us up. And then also to Manuel for being able to take my cognitions and then put them into paper and to make them something that kids can understand.
0: So... I want to ask you this uh, because I don't know how many other teachers are asking you now, since you, you know, have this book out with EduMatch, you know, Hey, I want to write a book. You know, how, how can I do that? Uh, What do you say to those teachers?
1: Yeah. So, um, there have definitely been different people that will inquire things like that. Um, and I often point them to the different resources, right? Because it's, that's me by nature, I'm like a, I'm a trained social worker counselor. Um, so if I have resources, I point people to those resources. So um, what I typically will do is um, I know that I self-published through Ingram Spark personally when I did the Grace O'Malley book. So I will point people in that direction if that's something they want to consider. Um, I point them to the organization, the NESCBWI, <laughs> um, if they wanted to think about more like a traditional publishing route. Um, certainly I would share the edge of match information <laughs> if um, they wanted to make a proposal there as well. So there's lots of different, there's different channels, right? Like, so I can take full responsibility and I could independently publish, or I could really try to get that, you know, traditional publishing route taken care of, or, you know, are these other grassroots really fabulous people Mm -hmm. (laughs) to help me out on my journey?
0: That's all right. That's all right. So before we go, you mentioned earlier that there's sort of a YA book you have in the works. Uh, But what do you see for yourself in the future as an author?
1: Yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm hoping I think I have a voice for you know, YA or middle grade novels that are more like sweet and bring us around to like the social issues that kids might face. Um, I've also have some experience working with middle schoolers. So um, I've definitely dove into their world recently. Um, So to be able to kind of capture their voices and to be able to tell stories that they can relate to in their, you know, like in their domain, if I can figure out ways to be helpful in that matter. The the book that I'm working on right now has to do with um, grief and kind of getting through grief, um, but in a light way. So hopefully something will come to fruition with that.
0: That's all right. Thank you, I Betsy, for coming on.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Will. You're pretty amazing.
0: Alhamdulillah. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just I'm happy that uh, I've been able to do six seasons and that uh, inshallah, the, the seventh season, w- which this episode will be in, uh, will be coming, you know, dropping the end of this month. So I'm excited about some of the guests I have signed up uh, and, and uh, what, what, you know, just see what, you know, what this season is going to take me, but you know, it, it, It's awesome to be able to bring on different people that I can speak with and learn from and share, you know, the awesome work that they're doing.
1: Definitely. I appreciate all the people that have come on your show that I've learned from.
0: Well, you're welcome. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode will be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe. I need you to follow uh, and share. I do like the stars, people, but can I get some reviews? Can I get some comments? Because I'm trying to be found and I'm also trying to get Oprah on the show and I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Betsy Sheehan, for coming on and dropping so many gems. And in the show notes, there will be links for you to go ahead and purchase Aggie and the Thought Compass. And I want to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show. As always, people, invest in you. Edu, Peace.